and welcome everybody to the ground beneath grace once again it has been one more week since the last time we spoke i guess <laughs> it's funny i listen to these sometimes on occasion so we can look like it's more people listening to this than probably there are and sometimes i laugh awkwardly after a statement i'm like why am i laughing after that so it's kind of silly <laughs> like this i'm laughing i don't even know it's not a joke nobody else is laughing at it it's just my uncomfortable laugh of getting started but this is the ground beneath grace and yeah i should start this all over again i'm jonathan thomas welcome to the ground beneath grace i'm joey walter i don't think you need to start again you're good <laughs> this will be a great introduction and so uh, I just want to say thanks, Joey, again. I love for the folks who are joining us on the podcast. We touch base a little bit before we get recording. And that's great. Joey is all the way across the country from me, where just a month or two months ago or so, he was sitting across the table. Yep. But here we are. And I will say that sometimes we have great weeks and sometimes not so great of weeks, but I am going to say it here publicly. I am very grateful and thankful to have the moments before camera and then the time on our camera. He's on camera. I can see him. You guys can't. Maybe we could do it live, <laughs> but we'd have to dress nicer. Yeah. Um, but uh, to be on the radio podcast with Joey. So we, I think, sharpen each other. And I think we also just listen to each other, I hope. And it's very important. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Yeah. The, the, the pre-talks before, or after the, or before the record button, I guess, depends on <laughs> what's bugging me this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this a little, deep, little deeper this week. So. Will this episode be explicit or not? <laughs> yeah. You have to put the little E tag on there or not. Yeah. Typically we do behave, but you know, we make no promises. True. So we last week spoke about why go to church. And we said, I guess, jokingly, well, we'll have to talk about this again. Or I said that. And I think we're kind of there again. I don't know if this is going to make anybody who says, hey, you should go to church happy. Because I believe that we're going to wrestle a little bit with this one. Again, last week, I spoke about waking up in college and going, man, it is my turn to make this decision. Nobody's telling me, why do I do this? Uh, it would be my step, my decision. I get to make the decision here. And sometimes I don't want to make that decision. Sometimes it's hard to make that decision because growing up, I think in a fairly active youth group, we were very community. We were very together, um, one another-ishness. And then when I went to college, um, there was college program, but for the most part, I was like an adult now. I wasn't in the youth group. So it was like, hey, you just, you know, get up, you be at church on time. There's a nicely dressed people and you sit down, you listen to the announcements or prayer or opening prayer, couple songs, sermon, an invitation for who knows who I just got to say, like, who are you giving an invitation to? Everybody here is fixed, right? Everybody mm -hmm. here, nobody needs this. In the perfect world. In the perfect world. But people are there and always the invitation and then the ending and church was over and everybody went home. And sometimes I wondered, 
what really happened uh, with that. And so we're having this conversation about why go to church? Are there good things about it? Because we do see people, I think, wrestling with it, especially in today's age, um, people leaving the church. And I don't think it is for the reasons that they don't believe in God. And we talked about that, some statistics last week, or that they're not spiritual people, but there's something about this thing, church, that's a little bit wonky and rightfully so, I think, because it's a lot of people. But um, I I think tonight we're just going to talk a little bit more. It might not lean into all the positives of church might, might be some of those negative things. And so if you are going to church right now, I would just say, have patience with us as we talk about these things. I mean, listen, Hey, I'm, I'm a pastor of a church and it's tough when the pastor wakes up and he doesn't want to go to church. So (laughs) it's like my wife is saying, no, you got to go because this is the reason I have to go. It's my job. And I don't want it to be a job. I don't want to be that way. And there are some components though, that, you know, we, we do wrestle with, I think everybody, if they're honest. So if you go to church, be patient with us. If you don't go to church because you're wrestling with it, I mean, maybe there'll be some things that we talk about here tonight. I think ultimately though, it's about restoring of what is the beauty and the authenticness of what church can be, should be. So that we will navigate tonight, whether we do it well or not, that's okay. This is the ground beneath grace. And if it's not well, then I'm firmly uh, accepting blame for that. Um, you know, I feel that, I don't know, we've talked about this before, but I feel like, you know, church is, you know, a lot of times it's full of broken people and I feel like one of the broken now for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's obviously a misconception of, of, you know, church folk, we say in the South, um, are supposed to have it all figured out, but they don't, you know, we've, we've talked off air about, you know, things that we've witnessed in church and like, no, I don't feel that way. You know, it's like, like I told you, you know, when I was, I was baptized at 12, um, probably, I don't know. I probably wasn't ready, but I, you know, did anyway. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel like this, you know, the ground, uh, didn't shake when I was raised up out of the water. It didn't, um, I didn't feel like I had, uh, uh, an aura around me of invincibility or anything like that is just, you know, and you see, and there's a lot of, um, denominations that react and worship much differently than what you and I were, were brought up in. And, you know, that's okay. I just, I don't feel that I've never felt, you know, compelled to do things that, um, that a lot of other churches feel comfortable doing great for them to do it. I just, it's just not me. And so, yeah, I mean, again, for me, the church is, uh, a place for the broken, um, It's not something where we all necessarily have it figured out. Yeah. I think that's an interesting um, point of view. You know, obviously uh, churches have different um, 
traditions, they're all kind of based on the same thing, but how one group would do baptism versus another, you know, that might vary. Uh, there are groups expressive, like they jump out and they're like, whoa, and they just, Holy spirit right now. Mm. And you're like, I feel wet. Give me a towel, you know? <laughs> so <Yeah>. there are <laughs> some things that just, we experiencing them differently. Uh, I think that that's a true thing. Even when you look at your kids, one child's experience in something and you do the exact same experience for the next one. And they, it's a little different. You're like, Oh, I thought this was going to be the same thing for them. So definitely identities and there are things that are unique, but I want to go back to the place where you go. The church is full of uh, broken people, right? With struggles. And yes, we sometimes can get lost in this idea that, uh, you know, it's not perfect people that go to church. It's broken people, but it seems as if sometimes our churches are just really kind of shaped and built in a place that it's just for good, well-fit people and we don't allow a lot of space for the broken messiness uh, to happen in church. You know, we don't, we don't want to get the carpet dirty, you know, or stained, you know, with the dirt and the mud that sometimes we drag in to the building. And sometimes we barely even pay attention to what's going on. I mean, I remember one time I was in youth ministry. I was not having a great day. It's one of those where, yeah, I didn't want to go to church that morning, but I have to because it was my job. And this is, I could take off on a whole tangent about, you know, paid staff and ministry. And look, I'm, I'm working in that. So, but the care for that, I didn't want to be there, but I thought I'd be honest today. So I'm at church and I was just not doing well. And I remember a gentleman walking past me and one of the, the regular kind of serving leaders at that time. And always asking people, how are they doing? Always like, Hey, how are we doing? And you'd like, Hey, I'm good. He's like, that's great. You know, he'd move along. Well, this day he came up and it was the regular thing. Hey, how you doing? I said, I'm not good. He's like, that's great. And he moved along. Like it was just, what's going on here. Didn't even hear me and didn't want it. Even if he did catch it. Right. Sometimes I don't even ask people how they're doing because I'm not, I don't want to take the time to stay there and figure that out. And what we've done is we've created a sort of a social event. It's very institutionalized. It's something that has a start and a stop. It has a, a, a specific location, a location that could even be where you do something that is holy uh, on this side of the doors, but on this other side of the door, well, it's okay if these other things happen because it wasn't there in the sanctuary but we don't call it a sanctuary because nothing is, you know, holy. God is holy and he dwells within us. But don't you dare think about doing anything like this there. This is for another space right here is the thing we just all do together in unity. But is it really unity when we're just really struggling? We're full of brokenness. We're struggling. And all we've done is listen to maybe a, a half poor attempt at a song that was, you know, done better by Hillsong <laughs> for worship, you know, and there's this guy squeaking it out like I do on Sunday mornings. And you're like, I just wish that guy would just shut up. And really none of our struggles are really having the place to, to be. And so we walk away and we just go, what just happened there? Cause I'm leaving now and I'm still got this wrestle and I don't know what to do with it. And, you know, the church has such a reputation that, 
you know, we talked about welcoming uh, or not welcoming in a church and, you know, the, the stand up and say hi to your neighbor, which ironically enough, today I was in a meeting of <laughs> new employees and they made us stand up and greet each other for 20 minutes. You're like, you I'm need like, to listen to our podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, uh, can I interrupt and make an announcement? Um, but anyway, you know, the church has got this reputation that, um, that, that they're perfect and that they've got it figured out. And even if the members don't necessarily believe that, kind of like you said, when um, they don't want to get anything dirty or, you know, do things in one building, we'll do that in the gym, but you can't do it in the chapel. And, um, you know, I, I knew a minister that even for weddings and my dad was like the most old school COC guy there is. And I told him about it and he was like, what? <laughs> anyway, so this, this minister, this was his church. Okay. His church, young man, you're in my church and said that you can't have a wedding ceremony. You can have a wedding ceremony in there. You can have, you cannot have live music. You can have taped acapella music. Yeah. All you, all you can have. I'm like, okay, so this, this is a worship service now. That's what my dad said. It's like, yeah. it's, not, it's a wedding, not a, you know, anyway, long story short, church people don't have it figured out necessarily. Some, I'm sure some do, but it's very, to me, it's very off-putting for those like me who don't, who struggle, who I'm struggling now. Uh, you know, we talked in the past when, um, can I say his name on here? Yeah. When a former member of the church, I'll just say it that way, died. You know, we we struggled with that. That was yeah. hard. I know you more than me, but I still, I had, you know, a, a real problem with it. Um, but, you know, kind of like what I was saying, I mean, I, you get to that point and I kind of get it, but, you know, there's, there's, broken people more than I think we realize and that they, that, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to walk into a church and to walk in. If you're not dressed right, you're going to know instantaneously. Um, I went in and I think I told you this. Uh, I went to visit a church two weeks ago. There's about 200 people there. Church was pretty packed. And mm -hmm. I sat in the very back row, got there right as it started and sat in the very back row and really liked the church really did really liked the minister quite a bit. And there were five of us I, that I could see that had masks on. And one lady who was sitting right, you know, to my left, but in, in the row in front of me just turned around and was just staring at me. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, did, so you say, think, did you say stick them up? Yeah. I went, <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't do that. Um, terrible. I know it's terrible. Um, but you know, I, it's, I just don't think the church is necessarily welcoming to people who, um, who don't, who, who know they don't have it figured out and are, you know, like I think you had said earlier, you know, I've seen a lot of churches that have done like the membership one-on-one. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, uh, interesting. And, you know, I think that's good, especially, you know, if you're a brand new 
Christian, but what about us who've been raised in the church and still struggle? You know, not, and I know we've talked about struggling with actually believing in God, but it's, I'm not there. I'm not struggling with believing in God. I'm just struggling with why and why things happen. Why is it always something that's going to go wrong? Um, so that, so for me, that's, that's my own personal struggle right now. And, um, I don't know. But the, the question is, you know, we say we're not going to go into a perfect church because it's not full of perfect people, but we've got a really polished sermon. We've got a lot of people that are pretty nicely dressed in some of their best stuff. You know, the music is crafted not too many times, you know, would they crack in their vocals, you know, they're, they're doing practices and, re, you know, they're doing recordings or whatever it is. And it really is quite set to like, Hey, we got to keep people here. This has got to look really good. I guess the thing that I'm kind of concerned about is that when we're saying I'm really struggling with brokenness, the church thing kind of misses the mark. It can be okay. Definitely can be encouraging. I don't want to get that away. You could hear something in a song and you go, wow, that, that song draws me back to something. But as far as like being polished, I like to say that typically at Pacific crest, we are unpolished. So we routinely make mistakes on our live stream for sure. And definitely in, in life, but the brokenness of people, like you had mentioned, I mean, March 1st will be the one year anniversary of the loss of our friend. And there's not been many days where I've not thought through that. Did I not have a space yeah. that yeah. offered this brokenness? Now I, we had space and we had that. The other thing I come to resolve with is that, um, I can't make anybody talk about that or speak about it uh, if they don't want to, but people are tired. And I, I saw this um, quote, this is, I'm going to read this right out of a, a book. I may have referenced it uh, previously. It's from a commentary. The author is, uh, the last name is Lee is what I know, but He's talking about the book of Hebrews, and this is a, a group of people who are ready to walk away. But this is how he summarizes a little bit of their story, which I think is very contemporary to our time. Uh, Lee writes, the preacher is not preaching into a vacuum. He's addressing real and an urgent pastoral problem. Okay, now that that's, I want to stop right there. A real pastoral problem. Okay. One that seems astonishingly contemporary. His congregation is exhausted. They're tired, tired of serving the world, tired of worship, tired of Christian education, tired of being uh, peculiar and whispered about in society, tired of the spiritual struggle, tired of trying to keep their prayer life going, tired of even of Jesus. Their hands droop. Their knees are weak. Attendance is down in church. They're losing confidence. The threat of this congregation is that they're not going to charge off um, the, the threat. I'm sorry to this congregation is that they're not uh, that they are charging off in the wrong direction. They do not have enough energy to charge off anywhere. Uh, the threat here is that worn down and worn out, they will drop their end of the rope and drift away tired of walking the walk. Many of them are considering taking a walk and leaving the community of faith, falling away from faith. That can't be more, I think, relevant to the right now. 
that I see and that I hear in a lot of people's lives. People tired, too tired to hope, Mm -hmm. too tired to push on. And I think this is where, again, the story of Jesus can enter in. But if we are not allowing this honest relationship conversation of saying, I'm just tired. Can you hear me? I don't want to have one more Bible study. I don't want to have longer prayers or better prayers. I don't want to even have this worship music. This is where I also look at how in the world is church any different than the world today? How does it even stand out? I would say, truth be told, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, gatherings and programs are probably more church in the first century traditional thing than churches are today. Definitely more encouraging, I would say. Right. You know, I, I'm in the, in the churches, I'm not saying of all churches, but a lot of church churches that I've, that I've experienced, it's, you know, like you were saying in the one room, like we're not going to do that in this room. Okay. Well, this room has to look perfect because we want to look good to our visitors because we want them to come back. Okay. So if you're broken, if you're an alcoholic and you're, you know, on drugs, if you're cheap, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that on Tuesday night. We're not going to do that on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, there's, um, you know, kind of like what we were talking off air when you were saying, we're not trying hard enough, <laughs> brother. I'm trying, I'm getting yeah. up every day. It's, you know, it, it's just, you know, when you get to a, your spirit gets, I don't know if broken is completely the right word, but it's definitely bent. Um, you know, it's just, when is enough enough? And um, I'm, yeah, I'm asking for relationship and everything else. It's, um, it's, but it's hard. And I think that's the church, you know, when you were talking about is the church, you know, how is it like the world? Well, I mean, it wants to, it, it puts on, it can, not all churches, of course, but it can put on false appearances and that everything is rosy and everything's great. And if you're not, then we don't really want you to be a part of it because you're going to bring us down and we're here to entertain, you know, that's why there's the light show and, um, you know, and, and, you know, I really, I know that's coming off very cynical and I don't, I don't really mean it to be, uh, you know, if that's your thing, it's just, it's, it's not mine. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be there. I know everybody's different, but I just, I just don't think that we do a good enough job of as a church of reaching out to those, you know, who are hurting. I know the, you know, you you mentioned about the, the order of service with the invitation song or the invitation, you know, what, <laughs> what if it was, you know what, you don't have to, if, if you want to come down and you don't want to be, you don't necessarily have to be baptized today or rebaptized or whatever reborn, um, what about if you just want, you know, someone to talk to or just want, you know, a group of, um, of like-minded people to pray for you for three minutes or something. I, I just, that would be tremendous. You know, I, one of my buddies at, um, church that we went to in Arkansas, he got up and it was, <laughs> it was right before, um, 
it was right before closing song, closing prayer. And he ran up and got, and got the microphone. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's this guy going to do? And, uh, he, um, it was basically just said, uh, he was the same guy that I think we talked about this last week about, you know, what if, what if we had like a buddy system like Alcoholics Anonymous yep. where we just reached out once or twice a week and just said, Hey, you know, how's your week going? Is there anything you need? Is there anything I can pray for you? You know, the one guy that I want to have on here, you know, we talked about, yeah. he gets in a very public group like every day and knowing, knowing that there's going to be bad comments, that there's going to be comments of you believe in a fairy tale, but he gets on there and says, how can I pray for you today? And I, you know, I've never said anything to, to him on that, but I just love seeing that that is uplifting for me. But anyway, the same guy that said, you know, to our men's group, our Wednesday night men's group, you know, what if we just had a, like a buddy system or I said that he said something that made me think of it. And then he said, I would love that. He said, I know that I can call him and he'll listen, but I don't have that with anybody else. And I said, why don't, why don't we create something like where we share numbers and we just reach out just, just one other person. I got, we got laughed out of the room. Yeah. And um, anyway, the same guy got up there, you know, at the song of invitation and or right after and said, you know, Hey, I just want to thank everyone for, um, you know, being so supportive for the past year and praying for us and everything. So, you know, I finally, I finally got a job and was able to go back to work. I start tomorrow. You know, what, what if it was like that? What if we reimagined, you know, what, not just the invitation song is. And I've always wanted to ask you, like, you know, when you do the song of invitation and no one comes down, do you feel bad? Do you feel like I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't say the right words right in that sense. Yeah. Um, did, did we ever do an invitation song? I don't know that we ever, really I don't know. I don't know if you ever did, song. but I've always wanted to ask a minister that, you know, yeah. when, when you do this really good spiritual lesson sermon, do you feel bad when someone doesn't come down when you do the song of invitation? Anyway, <laughs> you just have to um, sing just as I am three just, more times. <laughs> you got <laughs> crank it on up. Can yep. keep going. You're in the Obviously, no, you didn't get the no, picture. It's roundabout the house here. Yeah. Before we before the song is over and we go to the back door to greet everyone as they leave, um, you got to sing just as I am at least one more time. Um, I just I don't know. I just I just like thinking of reimagined things instead of trying to gloss over kind of like what you were saying about the people who are hurting. If we just were truly about helping each other. I know some people aren't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I know that I don't know if I would necessarily be comfortable listening to, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I'd be like probably crying with them, but um, I don't know. I just, I, I just worry that personally that I've gotten it wrong multiple times. I don't know. Just want to make sure that, you know, we're on the right path. I don't know if that, I don't know. I, I told you I was going to have a hard time tying this into. <laughs> well, it's, it's one. Yeah. One of the things saying, I don't know, I think is fair one. It's probably we've been in the past or leadership in churches have, we've not done a good job 
of teaching anymore that this whole story of church of people has to be greater than the hour that it is on Sunday at a building. I get pushback a little bit on it. And truthfully, I'm probably quite, um, I don't want to say I'm a, I'm a church snob. I love church. I grew up in church. I don't hate it. Never did anything really bad to me. Um, I, I, I think I have a relationship in it. So I see some of it's good stuff and bad stuff. And I'm probably some of both in those, but I, I want to kind of right here, I think, interject. I have so many thoughts and I didn't even see when we started. So who cares? We'll edit this down if we have to. Yeah, you said um, that. It's, I'm three hours ahead of you. Okay. <laughs> Joey, wake up. We're marathoning it. But uh, my daughter Miriam sent uh, a little clip from two podcasters or their YouTubers, Rhett and Link. They have um, a podcast called Ear Biscuit. And they are deconstructing a little bit of their spiritual journey, which is, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely fair. I wish that I could sit down and, and listen to them more. I wish I could talk. I would rather listen. And I, I think obviously their podcast, that's what I get to do, but I would like to, I'd like to have the conversation with them a little bit more, but I do appreciate where they are. It's not where I would want them to be for sure, but I, I have to respect and appreciate where they are. It's not where I am. It's in their journey. But uh, one of the, the podcasters named Rhett, he says, look, I do, I do have hope for the church. And he said, so if you want to know why your kids are leaving the church, he says your kids are not leaving the church because you didn't train them enough. Uh, you know, teaching them the right Bible stories or doing stuff. Your, your kids are leaving the church because you trained them well enough to develop a sense of truth and justice. And you let them read the words of Jesus and they got it. They recognized that the church doesn't seem to be interested in those words. And they're not leaving because they don't know the truth. They're leaving because they do. Um, he goes on, he says some other stuff. And I'll talk, like talk about those other things. Um, when we think that the church, there's something good about it. There is, um, man, we've grown up and I'd say this, you and I, Joey, I think there's something in our generation. Like we heard what they said. I, I know that in our movement and, and Joey, for everybody's listening, he says COC, what that means is church of Christ. <laughs> and so if you're not familiar with that, non-denominational denomination <laughs> that's the nomenclature yes yeah there you go if you're not familiar um it's unique and uh okay and so um it started well it's it's got its quirks and depending on where you are in the country definitely you're gonna find it looks somewhat familiar or there's now today a lot of things that are that might be different um that's happened. But Joey and I, we grew up in this tribe or this franchise that sometimes I like to joke around and say, and we've got these little corks. Acapella music was really important in those days. And so most of the time we'd sing acapella. If you, uh, another part of our story is communion. It's really important part of our story. Baptism is a beautiful part of our story in the churches of Christ. And I don't, want to denounce any of those things are all beautiful uh, parts of our identity. 
but kind of going back in the core of like our traditions and certain things of what we fought and saw. And um, it really was founded on the conversation of two uh, ministers, um, Alexander Campbell and Barton Stone. One was a Presbyterian and the other one was a Baptist and they should have been together but they did and they were having a conversation about Jesus. And so one of the things that in all of their conversations that they said was, Hey, can we have unity in the name of Jesus instead of the uniformity of how we do all of the way that we grew up in our traditions? Because they were recognizing like we have a different church background and past. We come from two different places. And yet we believe there's something bigger that can tie us together in the, the unity of Jesus. And so they're like, yeah, we think we can have unity without uniformity. Now, that was something that was kind of taught to me. And I kind of go, yeah, I believe that. The other things that were taught to me, taught to me when I was growing up was Jesus said, love your neighbor, love God, love your neighbor. He also said, love your enemy. And, and I heard that. So I, I actually, and then, you know, Joey and I, we're going to have a podcast on this later, but I think that Jesus wouldn't drop bombs on people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that Joey thinks that we should drop bombs on people, (laughs) but I think it on anybody. And so, you know, my position of capital punishment it's probably different than some people listening on the radio or even my co-host here on the other side. It is. But we have, <laughs> it is, that was really quick. <laughs> I'll laugh at that. However, we both come from a place where people were teaching us and we believed it. And when we got to kind of this other side of it, it didn't look like all the things that we were taught when we're singing those devotional songs and those late night devos together, having just served the broken and the harassed, the helpless people of our community or some other town where we did something that was really in community. It was, it was those long drives. It was eating that sloppy food. Sometimes it was good. It was even those, flirtatious moments, you know, Oh, she's kind of cute, you know, or whatever it was, but there was just, there was something evolving that was there. That was more than just me. And too many times we go to church and it can be just too much of just me. And if the church has anything that is really right about it, it is that it does community very well. Um, Except when we make it a performance. And we highlight certain people at certain times. And then all of a sudden it just becomes us versus them. I'm a bystander. I show up, the bucket goes by. I put my ticket price in. It's almost what it is. It's not a tie. That's ticket price. I feel really good about that sermon, man. That was like a really, that was good. It was funny. It was an engaging man. The band nailed it. They were great. I feel really good about it. My kids solid. What were they teaching them? I don't know. They got these really cool things. We'll put them up on our fridge, man. It's just really good. And then we go away and we enter back into a world and how we live looks nothing really any different than the world. And then there are people who are going, but you know what? There's something that I'm empty and I'm broken inside. And just like, where's the place where I go to spend time? Where do I go to spend time for 
speaking into that, having that, oh, you should be in a men's small group. You should be in a women's small group. You should be in a, oh, oh, you struggle with homosexuality. Well, we'll, we'll try to get you into another thing where you cannot struggle and we're going to not that's talk Thursday about night. that. Yeah, that's Thursday night for this other group. We'll just move you over there. Oh, you have alcohol problem or you have an eating night. problem. Well, that's called yeah. Sunday potluck. We like that. It's not mm. a problem. You know, and so we start dividing this all up and really at the core of it, it's not even these surface things deep down. There's this other place where people just have to go, Hey, I am frustrated. I am so sick and tired. I have prayed for freaking 10 years and I have heard nothing. Why, why am I sitting in these ashes? Like Job, why am I sitting here? Why in one moment I prayed to God, I made these sacrifices for my kids. Cause I knew they're having a big party. The wind blew, it blew the walls down, killed my children, camels were stolen. I cursed the day that I was born. Why am I even alive? And you sit there and you're having this conversation and you're hearing nothing. And we don't offer that space an awful lot in church. That's just the truth. I don't even think that church is designed, church in the traditional sense, it's even designed for that. We created all these other places, and this is going to be my frustration is that we so compartmentalize church with programmed thought, like a couple of friends of mine, when they were having this honest conversation, which was a lot like church, they didn't even know they were doing church until I kind of explained some definitions of what it could look like. And they were like, oh, we were doing that just now. And I was like, yeah, because we've told you you're not because you didn't do it this way. I think there's going to be a lot of people that give me some pushback and they're like, well, you know, there's got to be prayer. There's got to be scripture. There's got to be these things. And I'm not saying it that it shouldn't be there, but I'm just saying we just package it all so tightly that when somebody is sitting at a table and they're just really trying to sit there and listen to their friend and empathize with them because they have this heart or compassion of Jesus. And they just go, man, it sucks. And I'm going to just be here in silence. I'm going to let you vomit all over because you need to vomit. And they're like, well, we better say a prayer after this when you just need to shut up and just, if you need to pray, then you can pray in your head and your heart. You can go home. You can fast for them, but don't try to wrap it all up and package it and miss even hearing and think like, good, okay, everything's good. We can move on. You should be better in about three days. Give me a call and uh, let me know how you're doing because I'm certain. Now, can God do all those amazing things? Yes. Do I have a million other stories of how he's done that? Yes. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking these other places of how do we expand the church to be more full. And this is where that Hebrew scripture, he was talking about Man, those things the guys were going through, their pastor, he had a job on his hands. And, and so that's what I want to talk about is the pastor had a job on his hands and it was to talk and deal with people. What we end up having, I think, in churches are really great evangelists. They're not pastors. They speak in its authority like, man, I'm, I am your shepherd. You have one guy, man, look, you're an evangelist you're a great minister, but you're not really pastoring. You don't know your sheep and they don't know you. I mean, they hear your voice, but do you really know your sheep? Jesus 
says clearly that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd knows the sheep, right? And so we limit it all. We got one guy. He's the pastor. We eliminate the apostle. This is that APES thing I was talking about last week in the uh, Frost and Hirsch book, Shaping the Things to Come. We have the apostle. We have the, um, what is it, APEST? We have the uh, prophet. Uh, we have the evangelist. We have the shepherd. And we have uh, the, teach, the teacher. And all of those things make up the fullness of Christ. And we don't get the fullness. We just get part of it. And that's where I think this is the empty place. When we limit it to only one, we have no place for people to, to lament and mourn, to throw up, because all we got to do is entertain, entertain them in church and ship them out. Church is bigger than just one hour, folks. And we know that. And I think it's time for the church to say, it's got to be bigger than this. Where you are, my kingdom comes near, nevertheless. I don't know. That's a bit of a rant. No, I mean, you know, I think when you were saying that, I was thinking that, you know, the church is packaged for those who are, should, you know, either should have it figured out or do have it figured out. They don't, it's not set up for people who, who needing necessarily like encouragement, unless that's the pastor's topic that week, you know, um, you know, I've talked about it in the past where I've gone to church and felt really uplifted and, you know, you know, had really good messages, but it's not every time it's, you know, and I understand not every meal you eat is going to be good either. And it probably comes off me talking as being really whiny. Look, I know I'm incredibly uh, lucky, fortunate. Uh, we've talked, I don't like saying the word blessed because I think that's arrogant but anyway um can be, can be construed as being arrogant i don't have to carry water you know 10 times a day uh or anything like that live you know very fortunate but yeah it's not for you know kind of like the guy that said and he said i'm not doing so well oh that's good and and kept going um you know and then we've We've been in a church, and I don't know if I've mentioned this here before, but we were actually members of a church and um, got up, went to church, you know, like normal, went to Bible class before church. Not a word was spoken to us. Uh, got up, uh, walked to uh, the chapel, main building. Uh, walked through the lobby full of people. Not a single person said a word to us, sat down. Um, not a single person said a word to us and, um, sat through the services. Um, and we're getting up to leave and, you know, that's, you know, that's really when the social hour begins is right after church is over. You know, you got to beat, the other churches to the restaurants, but, um, you know, still not a single word. And we'd been members for two years and I don't think we did anything to make anybody mad. And I looked at my wife and said, why are we here? Mm -hmm. I will never come to this church again. And, um, that's all it took, you know, that's, I mean, really 
it's pretty minor, you know, so what? Nobody spoke to us, but you think about if, you know, if the church was there to encourage one another, if, if that's how members are treated <laughs> card carrying, yeah. uh, funders of the church that pay their ticket prices, maybe not as, as much as they should. We can talk about that some other time, but if that's how, you know, club members are, are treated, how are visitors treated? And, um, I don't know. It's just, yep. It, I, I think we get it. I think we get it right sometimes, but I think when we get it wrong, it's, it's really, really wrong. And that really impacts people. I mean, like I said, now, you know, I've been looking for a church, uh, you know, for seven weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, been a bad spot. I mean, do I keep looking? <laughs> you know, um, you know, we talked about, um, you know, relationship and I was talking to a guy yesterday and, um, it was just so funny how, um, we were talking about sports and, um, first time I'd met the person and we were just talking and then all of a sudden it turns to church and I go, Oh boy, I'm about to get it. <laughs> I'm about to get it. And uh, I thought it was going to be, you know, what all is wrong with the church. And I get it. I mean, you, how easy it is to see, you know, um, Google some the things that the church has done wrong. I know some people look for that. I mean, Google how much the Catholic church, how much money they have. It's mind blowing. Um, but anyway, uh, and so we were talking and he quickly and just turned to church just out of the blue. And he's like, um, you know, are you, you know, do you go to church? I said, yeah. He said, I'm looking, trying to find one here. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I, I grew up Catholic and, um, you know, I think church is, you know, kind of important. I said, I, you know, but I just don't go. And I said, well, you know, I said, I think church is important too, but I think the most important thing is relationship. And he's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I don't know. I just, I, I feel like that's not what the church is promoting and I say the church with quotation marks, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to go and I want to learn and I want to, but, but what if, you know, the, what if the broken people who come in, who've never, <clears throat> um, I'm sorry, just cleared my throat twice in the mic. Um, what about the people who, who don't know how to make that first step? who they're not going to go down for the invitation, but they have questions. And I'm not talking about the one-on-one, -on -one. Mm -hmm. you know, the person that walks in off the street, like at Pibus, the person who comes in, yep. here's, here's the music comes in and looks around and walks right back out. Okay. So, so what's, what's, you know, come back, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's talk for three minutes. You know, what do you need? Wouldn't it be great if, if, you know, Hey, 
you know, and no, not a hundred bucks. That's not what I'm asking, but what do you need? You know, Jonathan, what do you need this week? Um, and I'll pray every day for you for that, for this, the next two weeks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we're not conditioned to do that. Right. So, I mean, if you ask me that, I go, uh, I, I don't even know. And literally I've been asked that this week and someone says, how can I pray for you? And I go, I don't know how to answer that. Am I supposed to tell you how, what I need prayer for? Yeah. Nobody asks that. Right. Well, I mean, that's where, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous, like you said, with the AA would be, maybe that's the better model. I don't know where you sit around and, <laughs> and, you know, but seriously, you sit around and you talk about your troubles. You've got your sponsor who's there to help you and you're in it together. I don't know, but, but yeah, but I just, you know, I, I'm always trying to look at things from the people, the perspective of people who aren't like us, who didn't grow up in church. Okay. Right. That, um, didn't go every Sunday. They don't, they don't know, or they don't feel comfortable with prayer. You know, like, and I think we talked about this last week is, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, it was always, um, yeah, the, the announcements, the, maybe a prayer or a song, you know, and then five, five to seven songs, prayer, Psalm before the communion, communion, uh, Psalm before the, uh, lesson, the lesson, uh, and then, um, invitation and then, you know, another song or song of invitation and then maybe another song and then closing prayer. So at our church, it was always the older folks for the most part. And I was a kid, so everybody over 18 was old to me. (laughs) um, And then usually they would have the kids or a kid teenager do the closing prayer, but we would always joke when the elders would go up there and do their prayer. I mean, it would be a 10 minute prayer. You started your watch, didn't you? Seriously, we did that. The, the, oh, you know, totally. I, go I think I mentioned that last week. We did. Well, we did it too. <laughs> oh, of course. But they walk up there and they've got their notebook or not a notebook, but, you know, copy paper. And there's a lot of $5 words that are in there. So if you're a, um, if you're a person who's just walked in, like, I don't know what those words mean. I can't pray like that. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Am yeah. I supposed to ramble on and, um, I don't know, you know, so yeah. I just, yeah. you would never talk to anybody else like that. You wouldn't talk to your father like that. You wouldn't use those words in any relationship that you could possibly think of. Right. The thing that I think it's wrapped up, this guy says is about relationship. You know, you just met this guy. Why'd you even reach out? Why did you do that? Like you're the guy that tells me I won't stand on the street corner and talk about Jesus, but you posted on the internet to meet some guy to play, you know, this is a different guy. Okay. Some other guy. It's going to sound like I'm like (laughs) searching the internet. I'm not on the dark web. I'm not searching for friends, friends Uh, out there, but he's like going, Hey, this is relationship. Yeah. I, I think down and this is the the conversation with Rhett and Link I think they you know there's something that's there but I'm trying to put this round 
peg or square peg in a round hole, like what I was taught and what I believe doesn't fit here. And, and you go, uh, you go to church, but then you go to church and what it is, is two songs, a prayer, a sermon, some announcements, and then tithing or not communion, seven letter, you know, dollar words or whatever it is. And, and here's kind of the, you know, the, the epitome of, you know, what we miss when we only do that. And this is what scripture says, love one another about 16 times that is stated in the new Testament, be devoted to one another, honor one another above yourselves, live in harmony with one another, build up one another, be like-minded towards one another, accept one another, admonish one another, care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, speak truth in love, be kind and compassionate to one another, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's the one we get, right? We just stick that one right in there. Submit to one another, consider others better than yourself, Look to the interests of one another, bear with one another, teach one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, stir up, stimulate one another to love and good works, show hospitality to one another, employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another, pray for one another, confess your faults to one another. If you listen to that and what you're talking about in relationship, there's only maybe one or two of that extremely long list. And there are more one another's that just don't fit in the hour that we set aside on Sundays for church. And so uh, probably there should be a part three on this, but I want to just kind of, I do want to lean into, you know, we took some jabs at this thing called church. And I'll say um, a realization to me is there is, uh, I'll use the word, a Christian nationalism. It's kind of a new thing that maybe we're hearing more of and, and because of recent politics and certain events that are happening in our time, uh, people being on, you know, polarized in the Christian faith today, for sure. So we, we've got this, but what we see is this is not something that just showed up. It is something that has been brewing for some time. And, you know, what I see is uh, the gospel is anti-fascist for sure. And when I look at this, we have left no room for the relationship of one another in the body of Christ in the one and a half hours that we have on Sunday. If there is something that makes us look different and I look at the old Testament and I look at when the Jewish people were in exile in Babylon, they lived in a pagan community. They did business in a pagan community in Babylon. They weren't necessarily slaves. They actually benefited the community in many ways, but what made them really stand out and apart from their Babylonian neighbors there were some things. One of those things was Sabbath. It was the day of rest. It was something that goes back to the very beginning of creation. 
It was a day, but it was one of those things that was also a part of their everyday life and living, but they took time to rest, to be still, to know. So is there an important time of the week that we should do this? Yes. There is an important thing that it's not just about me. Look, if this is, I'll tell you what, spirituality sucks on your own. Can I say that? I don't have to. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's, I don't, it. I, yeah it's not meant to be on your own. Spirituality in, in this you know, desire is meant to be in the one another. That's why I think scripture and biblical authors use the word body. Like I was saying, when we're suffering and something is broken on our body, we don't just tell the arm, oh, you broke, fix yourself. You know, if you would just think about healing a little bit faster, you probably would. If you would just take that compound fracture and if you could just like kind of mend yourself, you probably would be better and get out of it. That's yeah. ridiculous, right? But that's what we do in a sense. Yeah. Try harder. Try oh, harder. You're struggling, you're struggling with your faith. You don't feel like you have a relationship. Try Pray harder. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so here we have this very, you know, explicit, you know, reference to how we should behave to one another. And we've created this incredibly awkward culture. I think, which is a very American culture of Christianity, something that is of power and position, money, success. Uh, it goes very counter to the thing that you and I were taught when we were growing up. And you know what, when we're growing up, we go, we believe this. And I don't think I have a fix for it, but I look to the scriptures for that truth. And when I see these things, I go, a lot of these things we're supposed to be doing, we don't have them. And I'm going to just go back to the Frost and Hirsch thing, the apest. Everybody just burn that in your head. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Those things don't all exist in our churches today. And it very clearly, Paul says, all of these things bring about the fullness of Christ. So if we don't have all of those things represented, we are lacking the fullness of Christ, period. I believe that this is what it says. And when we look at our young people who are believing what we taught them and they believe the words of Jesus and they don't see the fullness of the body of Christ, they go, well, I'm not going to go there. And then we criticize them for, for finding the, you know, we do church probably in three ways and there's probably a thousand ways to do this. Right. And so we criticize them and, not believing or being sinners, broken, fallen away. And they go, but I don't think that that's it. And we keep telling them it's not it. And they go, it's not it. So I guess that's not Jesus. So Santa is not real. I don't believe in Santa because it's a fairy tale. So you know what? None of this is real. And then they move off into some other like uh, spiritualism or, you know, like we talked about agnostic or, you know what? This whole thing is just a farce. I believe in science. Well, and you know, I mean, you're talking about a relationship. I mean, going back to that, I mean, a relationship is not perfect. I mean, if we can, you know, even if there's a breakup, <laughs> you know, um, as long as there's a reconciliation, I think, you know, I think it's okay. I think a true relationship is not all, uh, you know, sunshine and butterflies. It's not all, it's not all good. It's, there's, there's hurt. There's, um, you know, there's arguments, there's, there's anger. Um, I mean, it can be questioning. I, I think all of those, 
you know, can be part or are a part a lot of times of a relationship. And, you know, so uh, if people are struggling, you know, like me, um, I think that's, I think that's part of a relationship and I hope, to, I hope there will be a reconciliation, but, you know, we were, we're also talking off air of, you know, when is, when is enough enough? And I think, I mean, obviously everybody's different and I don't, I'm not trying to push anybody away, but you know, yeah, it just, it just, as part of that relationship, you know, when you're, you know, like asking for a relationship and you don't feel that it's there, you know, how can you realize that, um, you know, going to the cliches, everything happens for a reason. Um, but, you know, how do you know when, you know, or how do you learn to accept when, you know, God is doing things that are part of a big picture that you just can't see, you know, how that's, that's the problem that I'm having is, you get to that breaking point and I'm not talking about um, like, Oh, you know what? I didn't win the lottery again this week and I prayed for it. And so I'm done. I'm talking about like real life events that are traumatic. You know, when do you get to that point where, you know, Hey, I'm not seeing it and I'm not going to see it. I'm out. Or I know faith is part of that. I know to quote, Shawshank, uh, hope, you know, mm-hmm. uh, love yeah. the end. I love the end of that. I think that's a perfect ending of, of a movie. I think it's a pretty much perfect movie anyway, but we you know, know. When, he's, when he's, when he's holding on to hope and, yeah. um, you know, I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue it is, as it is, has been in my dreams. I hope, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like that. It's, it's hard you know, and I don't have the answer. These are kind of rhetorical, non-rhetorical questions that how do you keep going with your faith when you know the big picture is something that you can't grasp always and that, you know, yeah, you know, in, in, in five years, yeah, this probably won't be that big of a deal. Uh, for, you know, 20 years, it definitely won't be that big of a deal. Probably. But what if it is? And what, you know, what, I don't know. How, how do you keep going? How do you, know, you know, we've talked about Francis Chan or I have on here, yeah. you know, where he's he got the piece of rope, you know, and it's, I love it. And it's, it's a great analogy where he's got the piece of rope and uh, the rope goes off stage and around a corner where you can't see the end of it. And he's holding up like five inches. And he's like, this is all of the history of the world right here this is eternity, you know, and, um, I get it. You know, I, I get that, um, that there, you know, that there's things that happen and I, and I don't know the reason why they happen, but you, you know, how, how to encourage, to get that encouragement, to keep going to like, you said, get up and go to church when you don't want to, how to, you know, keep praying and, working on that relationship when you're not sure of what's going to happen and um, how, how do you keep fighting and how to, how can you be um, the type of person where, you know, they can say about you, you know, that um, I fought the good fight, you know, I, I've kept the faith. I finished the race. 
Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying and I don't want to end and say, these are all the answers and we've got this all figured out, but I will say a lot of what you just shared, Joey is found in relationship. It, it is a community. I think of people who are saying we're not perfect and we don't expect it, but we are in the story of Jesus. And so today, if I can hold your arms up, then that's what I'll do because I hope that tomorrow you hold mine up because it's not a matter of, will this be a problem in 20 years for you or not, or five years The deal is that's a struggle is right here right now. And, and we're people who are learning to love God and to love people right here, right now. I got a verse that I want to. All right, let's hear it. So interesting that you said Hebrews. Okay. So this is Hebrews 10, uh, verse 23 through 25. Okay. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one on one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all of the more as you see the day approaching. So, you know, to me, that's, again, it's the church, it's meeting, it's encouraging one another, it's helping each other find healing and focused on heaven, you know, hundred years from now. Um, you know, that's, that's, I don't know, like I was, again, like we said off, off air, that's something that, you know, one of the things that I'm looking forward to and I'm, hope I get there. Um, if you know, in heaven, I'm not looking forward to the gold paved streets. I'm not looking to, um, eat and not get fatter. You know, I'm, I want no, no more pain. I want to see, I want to see family members. I want to meet Jesus. That's, you know, that's, that's the thing that the kind of thing that keeps me holding on is that's, that's the hope. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, good, good place to end for now is what you just described were relationship, you know, statements. I want to, I want to see Jesus. I want to see my friends, my family that I love, that I've been mad at, that I've been happy and laughed with. And, uh, I really don't care about the gold streets. I just care about relationship. And the church is about relationships. It's about people, spirituality and growth and that. It's about community. It's bigger than just me, thankfully. If we could do that more than just an hour and a half on Sundays, I think church explodes into the every day and every bit of the being of our life. So if you are wrestling and struggling in your space of how do I connect with church, uh, it's okay. Leave us a message, call us, message us. We want to listen to your story and we want to be praying for you, not at you. We'll pray with you, but mostly we just want to be able to sit where you are and take the time to listen. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, this may be a bit longer than normal, but last week was shorter than normal. So it's okay. And we hope that you have a great week and we will talk to you next time. Have a great night. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the ground beneath grace. 
we hope to share a universal journey that leads to Jesus, who is the best picture of God we could ever get. My name is Erin, and this podcast was made possible by people like me.